right, ladies and gentlemen, you have waited all week. Yeah, Boogie yeah, Cage. Throwing it down for things BMX is ready. I know I am. Attack the ATB Airways. Welcome in, episode 112, take 97. <laughs> this is The Captain. We've got Nick and Lindsay Long joining us this evening, along with their hairless cats, Kevin and Blanche, for the blockbuster third moto with no sh- previous shows. That's you know, a record. I, I feel like he should be a general by now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you, should, you should be promoted. I anymore. I'm a retired racer. Oh, So you retired as a captain. Retired yeah, as yeah, a captain. Well, we want to welcome Nick in. Thank you again for joining us, Nick. We're happy to have you here. And we're going to get this going tonight. Our opening song is brought to you by the Boogeyman himself. Make sure you check him out on Spotify. The link's in the chat. Go give him a like and a follow. The show chat is brought to you by our good friends over at BMX Rocks Photography. Get over there, give them a like, give them a follow. And if you've got a cool picture, maybe it's of the captain or Damon or even Boogeyman, she can get that printed on anything that you want. Uh, it can be a pair of underwear, boxers, a bag, a shopping bag, whatever. Newsmaker segment is brought to you by the good folks at BMX Racing Forum. It's the Reddit of BMX. Get over there, talk some trash, post some information. Melissa's world-famous trivia segment is brought to you by Bombshell BMX. Mm-hmm. You got a good one this, tonight, right? I mean, I don't know. I think it's good. <laughs> I was bragging about it earlier. Well, you probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> well, I have no idea what it is, so it should be probably good to me. Yeah. Our showcase, showcase segment is brought to you by that. Answer BMX. Melissa's world fame. Oh, we did. He said announcer it, Paul. Well, he's not here. For he's not here. Uh, but he's, he's still brought to you by our good friends over at Richfield Park BMX. So heal up. Yeah. He's <laughs> on his third hip. So heal up, my friend. And uh, 
Hello. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Lindsay. Congratulations. Yay. Yes. The internet is not down. Xfinity is finally working. DJ Damon brought to you by who is it, Damon? Guys over at Truth BMX Products. That's right. Birthday shout outs brought to you by Auntie Wheels. And we have a bunch of them this evening. And <laughs> I know Chris is going to do a way better job than we're going to do tonight. You know it. <laughs> Our show opening is brought to you by Gate 9 Custom Number Plates. Make sure you guys get over and get your number plate ordered. <laughs> Damon, you want to let them know where they can listen and watch the show? All right. Uh, you can check us out on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. We still got people on um, Twitch? Yep. We do. Oh, we yeah. still got somebody over on Twitch? Bro, there's someone on there uh, right now. Oh, <laughs> shit. Okay. Uh, there you go. Check it out on all your uh, wherever you check out your podcast from. And it's brought to you by Die Job. Die Job Apparel. Yeah, that's right. You guys, they can print on anything. So, well, uh, thanks for everyone <laughs> for making that happen, man. We do appreciate it. Welcome back to the show, Nick, for the third time. Thank you. Yep. Thanks for having me. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, excited. I'm excited that it's working finally. It's, yes. Uh, yes. Yes, Xfinity's working. This is live. We found the, <laughs> the, the culprit of what happened. They're building a new sports stadium down the road, knocked out the internet, and then also took out the power at uh, Melissa's daughter's school. So, mm-hmm. but Did we're, you say they had to cancel the last day of school? Kind of. Y- yeah. yeah. Yeah, she didn't have school today because there was no power. You had to bring candles to school to work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. There's, all right, was that Blanche or Kevin? That was Kevin and... I like look, it. I don't look, know. I look, can't tell them apart like yet. It. Maybe like by it. the end of the show. I'm I'll sorry. They're, they're naked cats. They're freaky. <laughs> I like them. I em. mean, I don't know. Aww. Yeah, they just, they just don't work for me. I'm just, sorry. I, I see that, and I just think of Dr. Evil. I yes. just can't yes, not exactly. think of Dr. Evil. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So um, we're going to jump in here, man, because... Heaven forbid something else happens. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's start start a conversation. All right, man. Uh, first of all, let's get started. I mean, how did you guys, uh, how did you and the, the fam find BMX? Um, shoot. Take it back to 97, I think it was. Um, we I used to play Little League. You know, I have cousins and uncles all around, relative same age uh, within the grade or two. We all played Little League together. Um, I didn't really like the you know sit on the bench everybody kind of got a turn so uh, we all rode bikes quite a bit as well had dirt jumps and you know stuff in people's backyards um so really my dad just took me to the track one day um he never raced but he used to jump over the fence or ride the track when he was a kid it was just in the in our town lakeside um anyways he took me to the track watched it just kind of fell in love with it and um i had to buy my first bike i had like some savings bonds or something from a grandma um, bought my first GT Power Series, which is probably bigger than the bike I raced. On. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I had to buy it to commit to the sport and, you know, not just go a couple times and it'd be over with. Um, but I think like two weeks into it, my middle sister started racing. Um, and then a few years later, my youngest sister got into it as well. Wow. Oh, definitely wow. a family okay. affair. What was, your, uh, what was your first track that you remember? I started racing at Cactus Park BMX, a uh, Lakeside, California, is just a little outside of uh, San Diego. Um, but it, it, the track, I mean, it was it was always pretty small, but it, it, it kind of harbored a lot of fast racers, uh, probably just because we're in SoCal. Um, but we had, you know, national number one riders like Kevin Royal, Wes Jones, Brooke Elder, uh, Ashley Recklaw, uh, eventually like Rusty Nesvig. Um, it was, yeah, kind of crazy how s- small the track was, but, uh, you know, ended up, Producing a lot of good talent. 
sometimes a lot of small tracks do produce like really good writers that you know yeah i think it's just people being able to work together yeah that could be it too that's a good point all right so you still got community (laughs) so you still got that gt power series bike laying around or Oh no, I I don't keep anything. I don't even have an Olympic bike laying around. What? <laughs> uh, well, you do understand he's sitting in his house. <laughs> yeah, they, I can't they've downsized here. quite a bit over the years. I'm sorry, <laughs> you know, the, the, I'm, the bike collection would be sitting at my parents' house or somebody's house, like you know. No, Nick's a giver. <laughs> yeah, uh, Powers BMX Museum has my Rio bike, and I I donated my london bike to uh dan's comp when i was sponsored by them they were supposed to do like some sort of raffle before they went under so that one might have just got thrown in the bin oh wow okay it was just a frame and fork so it wasn't a big deal and i didn't do that good in london anyway (laughs) you were in the olympics yeah exactly first off look Step one. <laughs> like, if I, if I would have made it to the Olympics for anything, even if I went there just to watch it, we be could like a do shrine. curling, dude. I think we still have a oh, shot at curling. I'm all about curling. <laughs> My mom has trained me for years for sweeping the kitchen for yeah, curling. Exactly. I got that down. You're going to have to find uh, it's going to have to be Thunder Midget running down there. That There's stone. the team. There's the team. <laughs> Rick Carter and Damon and I, and we're all just slugging Coors lights as we're playing the game. Gotta stay loose. You do that yeah. on TV. <laughs> That's great. Uh, okay, it'll be inside a water bottle, but we're still gonna be sliding <laughs> them down. You gotta have the sponsors, you know, yeah. products, products, product placement. Right. When, uh, when was it you just kind of knew you were gonna, you were going from just recreational to um, you're gonna take this sport serious and start doing it uh, at a higher level? Like, what age were you around, and kind of walk us through that? Um, I know even before BMX was in the Olympics, I remember. I'm sure my mom still has it because she's a collector of things. Um, but I remember writing this magnet thing that was on the fridge. It did something like I would Olympic someday. And I just remember that was kind of cool. Um, but I guess as far as taking BMX more serious, it, I mean, it was always pretty serious because my dad was our, I was on my dad's team. He ended up um, creating a team as soon as we started racing, basically. Um, so we were, you know, fully committed to it for, for life from the beginning to, um, but I guess I think right around 16, 17, you know, going between the point of graduating high school, having to go do some sort of college and, or have to work. Um, I realized I didn't want to have to do, you know, some nine to five <laughs> job like my dad did. And, and I'm, I'm, I was to preface all that. I'm not a super competitive person as much as you'd like to think I am, but I, I kind of forced myself to do that cause I didn't want to, you know, have to have a. A regular job and you know just i didn't really want to be just a mediocre human i guess all right that makes sense yeah that makes sense hmm. it's like get up every day punch a clock ride get, my bike. get on my bike every <laughs> I did day do that. Yeah. i did a little bit of everything like right out you know graduating high school i did i went to college for a little bit you know did a semester hated it then i worked because i had to either go to school or work to live at the house it was just kind of mom's deal um <laughs> And I just hated both, so I kind of was like, "Mom, you know this BMX thing is going to work." I, I got and I just kind of made it work. I was going to say, "How many jobs did you quit because you needed needed that weekend off to go race, and they wouldn't let you take it off?" Uh, I never, I never actually had to have like you know a grocery store job or something like that. I, my family uh, they own like a construction business in San Diego, and I also had another team manager dad. He did some. Uh, I did like some security, not security, but like oh, so uh, you got lucky. Motion. 
motion sensors, stuff like that, running mm-hmm. lines. Okay. All right. well, you got I'm pretty, pretty handy. Yeah, well-versed. <laughs> yeah. I can't tell you how many jobs I quit just because I needed to go do something else. <laughs> just yeah. like at that age. What? I can't have Saturday off? Peace. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, was, I, told, I was too deep into BMX to even yeah. think of getting a, a real, real job. Oh, I used to quit jobs. I tell them, I need these days off. They schedule me. <coughs> I'm sick. <laughs> <laughs> Um, After about three weeks, then they finally says, you know, you're not qualified for us. You can't work with us sorry, anymore. Sorry, Mr. Tucson. It's <laughs> yeah. not going to work out. Exactly. <laughs> when, uh, when, when did you, uh, what, what was the age you were right around when you decided that you were going to go pro? Was that a few years out of high school, like 20, 21, somewhere in there? I actually, I mean, for the time, I, I kind of turned pro pretty late. Um, I, I didn't turn pro until I was 19. Okay. And at the time, I mean, I raised a kid, Joey Bradford, and you may or may not know, but oh, yeah, I raised yeah. him my whole life. He's he's like four days younger than me, so I literally raced him every single national. And I think he turned pro when he was sixteen. Um, but I like I then I actually was a pretty mediocre racer um, up until sixteen, seventeen. I mean, I won like some B nationals and stuff like that, and I got nag plates, and but I, I was never like a you know, I was a three to five guy. That's, I mean, I, I, I joked about that later in my career, even as a pro, but I, I just, I, I didn't, it didn't really matter to me. I, I always felt like once I made the main, I, I made the people I needed to make happy, happy. Mm-hmm. And so kind of how I raced um, until I had to turn it up a little bit, you know, and once I went, I went for those amateur titles and that was a lot of fun. Um, so that kind of sparked a little bit of competitiveness in me, but even in through my pro years, it was still like, you know, make the main and, my sponsors were happy and I, I was content with that. You know, I got to continue doing what I did. I didn't have to push myself and crash and die every race, but you mm-hmm. know, I made the people happy. I needed to with the effort I had to put out. Nice. nice. Or, and as well as I, I accomplished my dreams and being able to control the effort I was able to put out. Okay. Right. That's that a good point. Place. All right. Now, how can I say this? You raced a lot of different tracks around the world, across the country, all that stuff. Yeah. Is there any track that just made you, when you saw it, you just puck it up and was like, yeah, I don't know how I feel about this track. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I, we were kind of in the early s- stages of Supercross, and then especially, you know, things progressed. I think all, things got pretty big all the way up through the test event for London. But I think the gnarliest track that I ever went to um, was the Rio test event. Um, and the jumps were just absolutely bananas. We didn't even end up racing the pro side for like, so this is 2015, uh, basically one year out from Rio, we went test the track and the third straight, the step up that we did race was, it was a lot of fun. But the one, when we showed up to this, there's a photo, if you go through my Instagram and it's, it looks like you're trying to jump over a building. It's fucking crazy. Wow. <laughs> and there, there's like step, like stairs built into the backside of the landing and nobody jumped this step up. I, re- I couldn't. I re- trying to get us this. I remember that it was. Uh, didn't they steal that idea from that Red Bull race in uh, uh, oh, yes. uh, talked the about Red Bull speed style thing? Yeah, yeah, the Revolution. They stole that step up from that idea because that that was that jump was, so that one was. That one was even better. But yeah, Ritz did build both those tracks, I believe. Uh-huh. Um, 
But no, I think he stole this one from straight up Excitebike. <laughs> Excitebike. All right. There's an awesome reference. Okay. For, for all our younger viewers, <laughs> yeah. that was a video game. <laughs> uh, let's see if I can get that picture yeah. up. Um, I, just, I, I had to ask that question before I forgot it. Yeah, yeah. My no, mind. That, that one was terrifying. And like you said, nobody, nobody did the whole track. And I don't think there's been a track where that's happened. Wow. No kidding. Yeah, I mean, you know, I look at all these different tracks, you know, I used to travel the country and the world and all this stuff, and I'm just like, it got to be one out there that just says, mm, nah, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we what, did that. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just saying, another fun track was the South Korea race. It was like an invitational race, and the whole track was concrete. That one, if you look look up videos for that one, it was pretty funny, too. Damn. Oh. What's been your, uh, your, your favorite track that you've you've – been invited to or you've rode um and maybe not even just not race but you've just went to this track and this was the funnest track you've you've rode at the funnest track i ever rode or i mean the funnest race i think funnest race day even still is uh the london test event in 2011 and i think that was like the peak of supercross tracks i don't think there is a better supercross track before or after like that track was just so much fun. There were so many different types. You know, there was a berm jump, there was like a snake turn, there was a box jump. Okay. Uh, it was, and it was crazy because like there was a big rainstorm the day of, so everything kind of got crammed. We went to a single moto elimination, uh, and it was just it was such a fun race day for how like the the chaos that started everything. Wow. And, like, oh, but it ended up being so much fun. And I podiumed as well, which was icing on the cake, but I think it, like even if you go back and watch that race too, it's probably one of the most exciting races in the last 20 years. Huh. Sometimes a race like that on like on a rain day it just turns out to be more fun cuz you just like one and done. This is what it's, this is what it is. Different than the norm. Yeah. And I think that's probably why I did better cuz I didn't it was just like, "All right, show up." You know, you didn't have time to stress. They cut up <laughs> two rounds, so it was yeah. like better get top four right now or your day's over in one you know in 35 seconds so it, it was it was pressure but it was kind of a fun fast-paced pressure plus the track just raced really awesome okay yeah we do a, we do a race series like that here every now and then we call it our 50 and over flat pedal race <laughs> one lap no crap i mean you know it's just like <laughs> we well, we do that because because we don't want to die like yeah. we don't want to make anyone die yeah yeah <laughs> i mean and it's crazy two laps all death if that <laughs> well our 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 whole shot awards a six pack of uh tall boy coors banquet there we go Hy- uh, promoting hydration right? yeah exactly oh. <laughs> the guys are more excited about winning a whole shot than they actually are what went in a race facts <laughs> I mean, that's what I cared about, too, in Rio. So. <laughs> yeah. I ain't going to lie. I'm still waiting for the answer for whole, tri- whole shot of work. <laughs> <laughs> or like an aluminum medal or something. That'd yeah. be cool. All right. <laughs> I think I found the picture. Yeah. Uh, I, this is uh, – let me pull this one up here. It was funny because the first time we did the race, the guy who won, as soon as he, like, got the beer, he cracked one open. He looked at his daughter. He's like, you're driving home. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, there we go. Is that was the, before they redid it, right? No, because when the the test no. event track, the ber- the berms weren't painted. We didn't oh, see right. until the day we showed up. It was kind of crazy. I'll keep digging to see if nah. I can find one. Because yeah, it's on my Instagram. It okay. would just, I mean, you have to go to 2015. Okay. All right. So were those colored berms and stuff a distraction to you guys at all, or? It, to me, honestly, it was. It was actually really 
really difficult. Um, leading up to that, I, I mean, I throughout my career, I'd gone back and forth with goggles. Um, but leading up, you know, within that year, I hadn't been wearing goggles. Um, and then when we showed it to the track, the the transition from the orange slurry to the green turns, it, I I almost rode off the track down the last straightaway because the like the there was no you couldn't see any of the transitions. Everything blended together. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was super. I had to, I had to go after one lap. I had to go find Steve Blick, the Oakley guy, and and get some goggles to race with because it, it was so hard to see. It's like there was no definition in the turns because they were just bright green. You know, there's no tire marks. Um, so that was actually kind of a um, a difficult thing to need to adjust when we yeah. showed up for a re- <laughs> I hadn't. I would never have thought of that. Yeah. I think I'd have found some spray paint and came out there after clothes and just be like, <laughs> throw, some mar- I mean, we, throw some markers out there. That, we did that on the, when they built the, the tax, ta- the tracks in, uh, in Chula, they slurried it and same thing. I, I couldn't see any of the transitions, the peaks of the lips. Like if the landing was taller than the lip, you couldn't see the crest of the lip. So you didn't know where you were riding off. So we ended up having to paint lines across all the tops and, you know, the peaks of every jump. Um, and I mean, some, some tracks are still like that now, but it's, it was definitely more difficult on the supercross tracks. Yeah. Wow. I, hmm. I can see that. What's uh, your training look like for the Olympics? Uh, what, Anything what special? Mean? Like, uh, do you spend any more time in the gym, change your nutrition, eat a lot of chicken race, wings? I mean, you know, as do you, want me, as you do could. you want me to be honest? Do you want me to tell you what? you guys want to hear uh, no i want you to be honest. i prefer honesty yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, many, um, how many times did you go to b-dubs in a week i mean that's <laughs> i mean to be honest with you um 2016 i probably never i probably didn't party harder any other time i mean besides after that yeah but like that's we i had my coach over from new zealand and we would train you know five seven days at five <laughs> six days a week but then we would party every night too so i was <laughs> <laughs> i mean it was a i was young I was 26 wow. yeah. whatever you, you but didn't do that then. i mean we had a good thing and you know it, it kept everything super fun you know um i really had to get my life together in the mornings every day but you know we got our training done and um i think that's what kind of i think that's kind of what carried me through so well into rio was i just um i was prepared my body was prepared but mentally i was I was, I prepared myself without the stress, you know? Yeah. That makes um, sense. So we, we kept everything super light and had a really good time, but we were also going down in the party buses downtown to the clubs every night. So can I get his number? Wow. I mean, that's the trainer I need right there. I mean, that's my type of trainer. <laughs> so send him my way. Maybe I do better this year. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It's in the program. Super stuff. <laughs> yeah. There you go. What's uh? what was one of the big aha moments? Like, Whoa. I'm in the Olympic type thing that you had, you know, experience that hit you when you were there, you know, like maybe it was Olympic village or how everything is just literally by schedule when it's time for TV or something like that. Like, what was that big thing for you when it kind of hit you? Like, Holy cow, man, I'm, I'm in the Olympics. I think I had probably three moments that like, probably you, I could wrap around the Olympics that were like, you know, either epiphany type or like wow type moments. And the first one being, it was weird. The whole thing for London, it was, it's still kind of not really a blur. Like I remember everything, but I didn't really have a good season leading up to it. I did really well at the test event. 
Um, and really that's what got me through to get the coaches picked. So it was, it was really insignificant all the way, you know, qualifying for that. I dealt with a lot of injuries that year too. I had broken a wrist and got some hardware in. I, I ruptured a disc in my back. I'm not making excuses, but I just showed up kind of, kind of unprepared, but, you know, stoked to be there. And it wasn't really till like I qualified through time trials. Well, uh, like seventh, and then I showed up race day and I slept weird the night before and I just kind of, my back was shitty. Anyways, when I had to race five rounds that day, I crashed the first round. I had to put a foot down in like a third round. And then I almost won the fourth qualifying round. I got passed at the line cause I made a mistake and then I won the fifth, but I missed out on the points. I tied for the last qualifying spot, but, or no, I didn't, I missed by one point. And that, that walk out of that last lap of the stadium there's a photo of that too. Derek Betcher took it and there's like, you know, the moto board and I'm number one on the list, but I didn't qualify for the next day. And I remember walking out of the stadium. I could barely like walk. I was actually Jay Rich walked my bike out of the stadium for me. Cause I was so hunched over. Um, but I remember walking out of that stadium really let down and really bummed out. Like I almost wanted to quit racing kind of, and that's probably the only time I ever felt like that. But I realized I had to, do whatever it took to make it back to go to the Olympics again, just to redeem that feeling. So I didn't walk out of there with my head, like between my, you know, between my legs. Mm -hmm. And so that being one was probably the first, like, Oh shit, Olympic moment. And then the next two were just um, at the world championships in 2016. I came across the line and the way it'd be hard to explain how the points all worked out that day, but I ended up podiuming in the final, which guaranteed me a spot as well as, podium in that final i got enough points to win the overall which solidified my spot in so if you watch that video back it's the only time i ever did like something i would call like a fist like a like oh shit yeah and i i just come across the line and i'm like standing up and i'm just like oh my god i did it you know like i i get to go back and kind of redeem myself and then the last one just being that same day when i did the podium photo i remember just my dad being in the stands and i just mm. like there's a photo um uh, not Kirby, I forget his name. Landrum, he took is this yeah. cool photo of me just kind of pointing at my dad in the stands. Oh, nice. that's awesome. Nice. So that was a long story, but yeah, those are, oh, hey, those that's are fine. Like that's Olympic fine. like aha moments. We'll never be there, so it's yeah. fine to hear. <laughs> right. Okay. All right, so how can I? The UCI, when they used to do like the time trials, okay? Yeah. How, did you like? Did you like doing time trial racing compared to actually getting the gate with somebody? How, did you feel you rode better by yourself or out there with everybody else? Um, I don't know. It was kind of a love hate. Um, like I mean, I I don't know. I I think I made every time trial that I raced. I can't. Maybe maybe one I did, but they were kind of fun because it was it. It wasn't always like there was the there was the riders that would try so hard, you know, just like everything they could and they would get whatever time. But then there was the riders like that just like, all right, let's just get a smooth lap. And then it was funny to see those the difference of those riders because I was more like I wasn't chasing anything as much as I love chasing times. But that's always just like from the gate. The full lap, it was fun. It was like just trying to hit your marks and, and get those backsides. And once you, if you made a smooth lap, you were almost guaranteed to make it back then. Right. Um, that's probably a little more difficult nowadays. But once they started doing like the qualifying for the 
Supercross races, I wasn't as much of a fan. I, I, I liked the time trials, I think, at the time more. Okay. Nice. It was kind of fun. It, it I don't know. It, it seemed like its own race. Like, like you were the fastest individual rider on the track, and it was just kind of like a fun little thing, even though I never won. <laughs> <laughs> uh, if you had, which I'm sure you do, a uh, kid comes up to you says, what's one thing I can do? I want to be in the Olympics. Just one overarching, one brushstroke piece of advice for that uh, little kid that wants that comes up to the Olympic uh you know, yourself, your Olympian comes up to you and asks for a little, like that one piece of advice. Um, the best advice is be somebody that everybody wants around. Nice. Nice. I like it. You know, I've I, I didn't always have all the results. You know, I, I did well, but I felt like there were times throughout my elite career when I would be helped towards races to, you know, I was given opportunities because I did stuff behind the scenes. I helped, you know, if I didn't qualify for, you know, out of the first round or out of the motos, I was up there cleaning tires for the other guys on team USA for their rounds or, you know, taking their bikes back to the pit or whatever it was. I felt like I was a, a benefit to the team, whether or not I was, you know, able to win. And I think that that would be my, single best advice is just to be somebody that people want around nice we're gonna um enjoy that we're gonna do our first chat check-in and uh when we come back that's a great spot to pivot and kind of talk about the captain camps Mm -hmm. so uh i want to talk about that because that schedule is crazy uh that you've got going on just touring across the united states but we're gonna check in with melissa for our first chat check-in with everyone in hanging out watching the show this evening cool Sorry, not. <laughs> you can tell I'm getting old. I can't read this anymore. Uh oh, we can we can adjust the font. No, 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 no. It's okay, just, it's just me getting old. Um, <laughs> all right, I want to say hi to uh, Sean Gifford of uh, Die Job Apparel. Thanks for tuning in, Emily Schaefer. Scott Foster's with us. Hey, Wesley Burt. Lots of check-ins from Nashville or those that are on their way to Nashville. We appreciate that. Uh, Anthony Morris of uh, Morris Digital is with us. Rick Carter, what's going on? Beer Budget BMX in the house. Um, Mr. Brian Fell of Mega Design Group, thanks for checking in. Um, Don Mulvey Hill, I believe it is. Yep. Um, he says he's looking forward to meeting you at the Hill uh, BMX in June. Yeah, I've been um, in contact with him. Yeah, Len and Grayson Novak are checking in over on youtube they unfortunately are waiting on a flight trying to get from las vegas to nashville so oh, they're still haven't made it yet wow he was messaging me today yeah i think they just they were on a plane and then got off a plane and now they're sitting in the airport <laughs> you should have took that f-16 Lynn. <laughs> <laughs> uh austin kelly is with us thanks for tuning in mo collins him and his wife who is uh one of our sponsors uh Roxanne with BMX Rocks Photography. They are checking in from I-65 southbound to Music City. Uh, Craig Robs- Robinson is also with us. Our good buddy Paul Remington checking in in the chat. The Thank pulverizer. You so much. <laughs> uh, Mr. Chris Medler is also with us. Says, hey, guys. Jeremy Jacobson uh, says he's riding dirty from Akron. 
And <laughs> uh, David Dortona of DB Sports World is checking in as well. Uh, Kim Benson Fuger says hello. She is one of the moms on mm-hmm. the uh, Moms Talk BMX podcast. Our good gal Her kid's pals. got a Parker, I think, right? It very well could be. I think so. I She's got one of the private lessons on next Friday. Oh, yeah. That would probably okay. make sense. They are Florida natives. I know that. <laughs> um, Joel Moore says thanks for the hoops, Nick and Justin. Oh, yeah. Ooh. He actually picked out. Uh, he won them from Nick's uh, uh, fundraiser. Raffle. Your, your yeah. raffle. Yeah. And he Aww. actually, when we cut back to the studio camera, he uh, he picked out the ones over the shoulder here. So he got the uh, <laughs> Carbone Cartel, the orange uh, scarred edition. Oh, very awesome. nice. Very nice. Yeah, he runs. He helps run the PI track in Washington. All right. Well, there the indoor go. track, yeah. Oh, that's a fun that, – that looks like a fun track. It is a – it's a fun track. It's like 200 feet long, just pure chaos. Yeah. <laughs> DMX <laughs> roller chaos. derby action there. That's awesome. Uh, a couple more hellos. Uh, Zach Goss checking in, says, what's up? Jeremy Jacobson. Uh, that's my boy's Nick – my boy's nickname. I'm not sure which which nickname <laughs> we're talking about, but um, Dylan Fuger says uh, hashtag PK all day. Um, oh, riding dirty must have been his nickname. All right, I got it now. I'm all caught up. Well, thanks for tuning in, guys. We appreciate you. We appreciate you checking back in with us and sticking around. And especially we thank Nick for his patience. <laughs> yes, big time. <laughs> Beyond helpful. So put your put your questions in the chat for Nick, please. Yeah, and uh, as we're, uh, before we checked into the, the chat check-in, we're getting ready to transition to talk about the captain camps. Captain camps. <laughs> so let's. Uh, how did how did how did your camps. camps clinics come about? As um, you, you do a lot of them. So. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was um, it was pretty organic, I guess. I kind of, I got to a weird. A weird spot in my career, like after, um, honestly, after Sam's injury, um, him and I are close friends. We were mm-hmm. ever since he moved to San Diego, he we were always there, always, you know, good friends. Um, whether or not we chatted on the phone all the time, we always would catch up. Um, and when I had just started dating my now wife, but I was in Florida, and I get a call like or a bunch of texts like, "Well, what happened to Sam?" Blah blah blah, and um, you know, I finally find out and. I figure go home, check, you know, see it. And it really kind of, it really kind of broke my spirit about racing BMX. Cause I, I never really had a, I never had to face like the realization about actually how dangerous I guess the sport was. And from then on, I, I never, I mean, if I'm just being transparent, I never really recovered in the sense where I was going to push myself to, to risk anything. I was, I, I would, you know, i not so much back off, but, I was always a smart writer anyways, but it, I, I was never going to chase something. If it, if it was, if it was going to be a risk and I wasn't going to be able to make it home, um, it really, I don't know. It really got in my head and uh, it kind of messed me up. So after that happened, you know, I kind of faked, not faked. I still raced, did everything. You know, my elite career was still decent through 2017, 2018 really started to slow down, but it was, I just, I, I lost that. Like I said, I was never super competitive in the, to begin with. And then when, when I, you know, it started being less fun because I, I had so much fear towards it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so that really changed my perspective on it. And, and then I, you know, the, let's say 2019 or 20, 2020 mm-hmm. that year, you know, we weren't able to race all year, which it was kind of nice. Cause it was nice taking a break from that fear of, you know, racing, um, that I was having. I had like, kind of like a, um, like my first ever anxiety attack, uh, that 2020 national champs in, uh, Houston. And it was so weird, like trying to explain it to my dad, you know, I'm like in tears, not able to breathe I've got on the gate. And I'm a, what was I? I was 30. Yeah, I was 30 at that point. And it really kind of overwhelmed me. And I, um, I got to sit back, but then, yeah. So when 2020, you know, the pandemic stuff happened, I really had a lot of time to think and, and just kind of figure out what I needed to do. Um, I, I spent a lot of that summer. I built a whole set of trails at a friend's house. I did, I did a bunch of trail jams um, that were a lot of like really successful, and a lot of fun. It kind of, just, kind of just reset me mentally to figure out what to do next, you know? And I, I, I was back to that same 17 year old kid, like, I don't want to go to work. And I, I, ended, I actually did have a, a job again in for about eight months in 2019 to help pay for my wedding. Um, I worked back at my family's office for construction stuff. I did a lot of computer work. Um, anyways, well, that doesn't count. You got to pay for the wedding. So, <laughs> yeah, well, so I, but I was kind of lost. Like, I, I mean, I was making money from sponsors still, but not the, with the 2020 year. Not, I wasn't really racing. I don't know. I was just kind of mentally unsure of where, where I was going to go next with DMX. And, uh, when 2021 started, you know, we, we trained super hard for the, you know, that last, um, for that 2020 grand, you know, it was all on the line. There's mm-hmm. a funny video of me trying to make a pass in the semi for that main event spot with my foot down. Um, but yeah, 2020 mm-hmm. came around and it was obviously, I don't want to go back working. Um, what are we going to do? You know? And, uh, I really didn't like doing clinics and ever, I never did them in my career. Um, you know, I might've helped my dad at a couple camps. I helped Tyler Brown like here and there, but I really never, I never ever did one by myself. And I, I had no interest in it just because it wasn't really the way that I learned when I was a kid. Um, I, and I think the reason for that is because we, like I said, going back to our local trek, we always had so many good riders. So mm-hmm. I was able to ride with these riders all the time, you know, like, Hey, can I follow you and jump that triple? You know, oh, why did I case that? Blah, blah, blah. I didn't, I didn't ask, I didn't have to sit through a camp or a, or, you know, a session like that. And, and, so I, I just didn't understand why anybody would want to pay for that besides the fact of me being an Olympian and like, I didn't, I felt like I was just taking people's money without me being interested before 2021. Um, and then I really, I took the time to come up with a training or a, you know, a clinic routine that I really liked and that I stand behind. Um, and that I, I feel that everybody benefits from rather you know, you're a five-year-old, four or five-year-old kid to, I, I have, you know, 50-year-old men and women in my clinics. And I feel like everybody is able to learn from that. And I have a really good time. And I feel like it's just kind of end up, ended up being my passion now where, you know, five years ago, if I had broke my foot off like I did, all I would have cared about was getting back to racing. And now I just, I'm, I want to get back to the commitment I made to all these riders and tracks. And that's what I miss. And, and, and that makes me feel good about passion that i have in the sport and and that i'm doing it for the right reasons nice Nice. well i want to share this up on this oops wrong one (laughs) i have the let me go to the slideshow right here this guy right here uh, oh my god the hardest working guy this 
It's impressive, Nick. Uh, that that's something right here. Um, and and before I go any farther into this one, say you you were speaking how you know your local tracks you had you had people you could hang out with and ride, and you know some of the tracks you're coming to they don't have that. So thanks for that because you are legitimately coast to coast, top to bottom, yeah. hitting <laughs> tracks. You know, and and it's it's awesome to see the places you're going. And uh, knowing how many people you're going to help, too. And uh, we'll get into also slammed in there, too. Starting this next week, you're going to be helping at the you're going to be doing the pro experience. We'll talk a little bit about that in a few minutes. But um, on the on your clinic tour here, how much is anything really been impacted? I know you're already walking, so that's pretty awesome. But uh, any any impacts with the injury at all as far as the clinics go? Um, Honestly, it kind of came at the perfect time. Um, I had to cancel a couple because I was going to go from Barry's house. I was going to go back to uh, for the Tulsa National. So I had a couple there. Um, but I think at the end of the day, all said and done, I think I only had to cancel or reschedule maybe five clinics. Okay. Five six, And I think one of them didn't even have anybody registered yet, so it wasn't a big deal. Um, and it, like I said, it, it just kind of – I had this weird gap where we – it sucks. I had to miss the two races that we don't get that many races as pros anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, pro pro races, but it sucks. I had to miss both of those, but it was a perfect time to heal. I was in a safe spot at Barry's house. Mm-hmm. Um, even, even though he wasn't there, I was able to, you know, sit there, heal, be bored as fuck, but got it <laughs> uh, yep. so, um, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the injury real quick and then we'll jump back into the clinic stuff. But, uh, what was the, Official diagnosis and how's the healing going and what's your uh, therapy look like? Um, I don't know the diagnosis without reading it off exactly, <laughs> but I was yeah. So I mean, you had a tib fib fracture. I did. A, it was a three sixty tabletop, and I just under rotated a little bit, stepped off, and basically just sat on my foot. Um, oh, and it was so weird, like thinking. Even still, I still haven't had that much pain. I know I posted it, but. Even when it happened, it wasn't like a yell, like, oh, shit. I looked at it, and Barry was sitting right at the bottom of the landing because he rode. He did just went for me. And I'm just like, oh, no. Oh, no. And I just I just kept saying that over and over. Like, super calm, just like, oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> and he's freaking out because he obviously sees my foot hanging to the side, but I'm not giving him the reaction that he would anticipate of like, oh, my God, your leg's broken. Um, so he was kind of panicked a little bit. Um, but so what ended up? happening was uh it was a mild spiral i mean it broke all the way up but the mild mild spiral fracture of the tibula um and then there's a small fracture on the wait so i said fibula was the spiral fracture tibia had a mild fracture in the back Mm -hmm. um so if you look back at that x-ray or actually even this photo right here oh x-ray yeah there's a bolt that goes directly through the front all the way through the tibia and it's probably it's the longest screw in there, but it's hard to see unless I had the side angle. Um, and then there's the plate on the fibula, the lag screw that goes through there. So I think there's eight screws all together. And then between the two bones, there's basically they call it a tightrope, which is some sort of wire basically that screws on the outside of this fibula all the way drilled all the way through the tibia. And because my the tibia fibia, the gap I forget what it's called, some gutter. Um, it widened, so they had to basically bolt it back together. 
So they just went to Home Depot and got a bunch of parts and screwed, <laughs> screwed your foot. Wow. Well, yeah, just the hardware section. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're basically trying to recreate the stability that an ankle is supposed to have. When you spiral fracture like that, it really, really affects <clears throat> your weight bearing. And yeah. hence the reason why your foot turned in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it kind of stayed there. The crazy. But I got lucky on my the tibia fracture. It wasn't any part of the bone that. That's why I think a lot of like I didn't have as much pain as like as gnarly as those photos were. I, I mean, I I would say I am pretty tough, but I don't think I'm that tough. That, <laughs> yeah, it definitely probably uh, looks worse than it felt. Yeah, because I mean, I even as soon as like all those photos where my foot looks all gnarly, as soon as I go back there, I go to like take my shoe off and I. I, it was really hard so barry had to come back we had to cut it and <sighs> by the time of us messing around with it to try to get the shoe and my pads off i think it kind of located our yeah relocated yeah relocated uh-huh. back into place so what like once we got my sock off and i didn't see bones and blood anywhere i was super relieved by that but also it like it didn't there was no pain it just kind of felt like loose Mm. Um, and I was like, man, I don't even know if I'm going to have to get surgery. Like this thing might've just been dislocated in a gnarly sprain, but, uh, no, I didn't end up being pretty terrible fractures. <laughs> <laughs> so you were doing a 360 table jump. Yeah. I've been doing, I was going to say, how many times have you done that jump oh, in your life? <laughs> never. Oh, that was the first time. <laughs> Wait, the jump, the jump or yeah, the trick? The trick. That was the second time I had tried the 360 tabletop, but I've been doing 360s all day. And that, but it was still the same, <clears throat> same concept. That was almost. the first day I learned doing three sixties, and I, I, <laughs> I mean, it always happens on your last run, obviously. But Lindsay's like, I had to, I was cooking dinner that night, and it was like, oh, all right, I'll get another one or two laps, and sure, shit, break it off. <laughs> that, that was a mistake right there. Didn't want to make dinner that yeah. night. <laughs> I know. I wanted Poor... to. I was making a dippy roast in the oh instant pot, and I fucking McDonald's Poor Lindsay. <laughs> must have been starving. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so, um, got the clinics going around and around and, um, do you think you've been to every track in the country? No, absolutely not. No? Wow. Nah. I think with your traveling and racing, you've hit I about every track. I got a list. Some, somebody, I can't remember who it is, but somebody put together like on Google maps, uh, a file with all the tracks on it and then there's like 270 something tracks i think or two 240 above above that something like that mm-hmm. um but no i i haven't been to all of them wow it was- i i i don't even know. i mean i i couldn't tell you even a rough idea but i'd, I'd like to say maybe 150 170 tracks That's still not, wow. not too shabby yeah. right there that really puts it into perspective what that mike savage guy does yeah by that's going, what i think it is he's been to like every track and now he's working on going to him twice or something like that that yeah that's pretty crazy i just heard about that guy last year that that is a crazy yeah. Yeah, we met we met him a couple years ago and it's just he was he was driving to steel wheels indoors and then found out they canceled because of snowstorm and it went seven hours north to the track we were at and no, he's like oh it's just right. a mild detour i'm like seven hours <laughs> is not a mild effing detour dude and he just showed up on a was it the new year's race he popped in at and this was you like, hey, what's up, bro? And just yeah. showed up, raced, and uh, oh, he's trying. Yeah, and he also announces that everyone too. It's just nuts. Um, yeah, he came up to uh, Richville one time too. Yeah, he just shows up yeah. randomly too. Um, we'll, we'll kind of transition. Then let's talk about this pro experience. Uh, lots going on. Um, 
And for those that are new to this, let's kind of you you walk us through uh, what the pro experience is and what your role is at the pro experience. And uh, I'll make sure that uh, while you're doing that, I'm putting links in so they can sign up for the for the camp. All right. Yeah, yeah. Um, the pro experience it, um, it started last year, I believe, with uh, Brian uh, Wilson and Domingo Slamoglia. He did most of the training camps last year. Um, Brian had came out to. I met him last year at the Dothan National, and he kind of told me about this idea he had, and it was kind of the first time meeting him. I, and uh, you know, I was unsure about what was going on, but it was a it was a mild success. And we talked later on in the year around Louisville, I think, last year. And uh, you know, I, I was interested in the in the program, and so I was able to step in under the umbrella as uh, high performance director for the Pro Experience Camp, and my job entails trying to get all the coaching t- talent for these camps and to give each rider the best experience possible and to see how see and what how and what it takes to you know make that next step from you know whether it's intermediate to expert or expert to pro or you know or if you just you know if you just want to become a better racer for the fact of you know um the exercise that you're doing um but our, our goal is to you know show you like i said show you the steps to make you an overall better racer and uh you know give you those one percents that you might not be you know seeing on a local level nice nice and you get to stay that was off the top of my head i'm trying to do that (laughs) yeah oh you're good you're good um and you get to stay at a really cool place oh yeah i'm I'm sorry there's there's a lot of details i'm sure of course but yeah so that was my role um and i we have some awesome coaches coming here this summer um you know jeff myself jeff upshaw riley house um, Carly Kane, Domingos, and the, all the T-Bone crew. Um, it's a, but yeah, it's a, it's a full experience. You get to, there's a, uh, awesome accommodations on site, you know, pool, food, everything. There's training at the track every day, um, training off track every day, as well as a local race with some film review and, you know, really just hang, hanging out with the pros and getting to ask those questions that you don't get to ask all the time. I love that. Nice. And what's really, really important Wednesday night, <laughs> every Wednesday night, internet working. Check in. <laughs> Check in from Sea Tour. We're checking in with the camp every week with the kids and the coaches. Uh, we did it last year. The kids, oh, the, so much the fun. kids yeah. had a blast with it. Uh, and we'll be checking in each and every Wednesday at 8.30. So it'll be fun because our guests are going to get to see a little bit of that and along with the people yeah, watching. No, that, that, that'll be perfect. Yep. Be and uh, one of the weeks we're, we'll have the the – the Moms Talk BMX podcast on, so that'll be fun because they're down there, and um, you know, we just we check in, and you know, I know uh, Nick and I have had many conference calls about the about the <laughs> camp. <laughs> Shout out to Jamie Page; she's mm. putting everything together behind the scenes. Yes, and uh, but there, there's uh, so much, and we put some videos up today. Make sure you guys check them out; they're over on the page, and um, show some of the accommodations. It's it's a like a five minute video. We'll I'll just tell you to go to the facebook and look at it we won't just put it in here but, but. It, and it's all on the cape coral track i mean it doesn't get much better of a facility than that agreed you know? yeah that's a nice yeah, track agreed. That's a, Nick was Jones it coincidence that i was wearing that cape coral hat tonight no i can't see that well but is that okay. what that is yeah it yeah. kind of disappears in the background <laughs> i got terrible vision but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and uh sign up still got spots still can sign up we just put the uh, information in there uh, this is a, as as Nick was saying, man. It's a little, it's a lot different, and 
you know, it, we hashed out, by the way, that. we volunteered you for uh, when we do the 40 and over camp that Damon <laughs> and I started last night, which we already have signups for. Um, what are we at? Six? Yeah. We got six guys yeah. from last yeah. night? Lo- you have loose commitments. Hey. <laughs> oh, oh, they, they'll be there. They'll be there. I definitely would be down for that. I, I like those are actually the older riders are some of my favorites at like my regular clinics because they pay for themselves. They're actually there to learn. Um you know, where some kids just kind of get dropped off for daycare. Um, so I, I actually really enjoy having the older riders at the camp because they, they ask the right questions. They're there to, you know, learn learn for sure. Well, that's and part of it. In between vomiting. Uh, that's going to be part of the training. We also need that extra training course that you were doing for the training for the Olympics that, you know. <laughs> I don't the know how many bus. clubs they have in Cape Coral. <laughs> No. We we don't really need the club, but you know, forty and over is below av- age average there. <laughs> we don't really need the club, but trust me, we got the pool. We got lots <laughs> lots of fifths of uh whatever half a gallons of. Um, we also beverages. said that morning training probably isn't going to fit, so we're going to have to do something like early evening. <laughs> mornings might be rough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. I'm not, I'm thinking until like three p.m. max. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Per- that's yeah. Perf- perfect. That's way better. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we could get a bartender there too. Yeah, yeah. This, I think uh, this will. We'll, this might just take right over. A yes. beer garden. Yeah, because not yeah at the track. Duh, at the finish line. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. That's the only way you're going to convince most of us to get around the track. Let's just be honest. <laughs> I mean, you got to look at it in the morning time. We got to wake up. It's going to take us a minute to wake up. We got to you know do you our know morning. It's an hour at Waffle House, <laughs> exactly. So. Oh my God. <laughs> It's going to be an hour there. You know, we got to look at Sports Center from the night before. We got to catch up on that. I mean, it's we got a lot of stuff to do before take a we nap. get to track. Yeah, take a nap. <laughs> Pre-training nap. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Pre-training nap. I love it, Nick. After breakfast yeah. nap. That's because, you know, we was at the Waffle House for an hour and a half, After you know. Nap. Oh, it's going to be. this nap's Waffle be. House, you're done. <laughs> yeah. we, and like Jill said, we can go visit the Joneses. They live across the street from the track. So yeah. Yeah. I have a feeling Nick will be spending a lot of the uh, evenings. At the... well, I'm camping at the track. I'm, I'm the wa- I'm the watchdog. There you go. Oh, uh-huh. right. Then we could get we can get Nick Jones with us too. He just won't do the bike stuff. He'll just hang out with us the and yeah. in the right. evenings. Right. Yeah. <laughs> he make sure there's plenty of ice for the drinks and stuff He'll like that afterwards. Supervise you. Telling you, man. We got ha- this. We're gonna we're gonna hash this one out. Um, Sounds like a lot of uh, a lot of money to spend for a hangover. <sighs> Wouldn't be the I first don't time. think I've ever not spent a lot of money in that hangover. To be right. perfectly honest with <laughs> yeah. you, all right, you don't have right, cheap hangovers. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, so also there was uh, you you had mentioned earlier with uh, Sorry. Kim's son that you were doing some one on one training, and can, tell us a little bit about that because this is available. Um, what like what day is this available for the campers? And if it's an optional thing, they don't have to do it. But let us know about that. Actually, well, unfortunately, it filled up pretty quick. Oh, um, wow. Good for you guys. Yes. So, we, I mean, I was only – I did three one-hour slots on Friday afternoon. So I did a three to four, four to five, and five to six. Um, and it's private to small group, no more than three riders. Like, it's hard to do anything mildly one-on-one with, obviously, more than that. Um, but if we had a small group, you know, if they're all working on the same thing. So I, they, the three filled up pretty quick, then I had a few more, so I told them to reach out to the other families. And if they were doing something similar, I'd be able to accommodate. So up to three per group, and, yeah, that, that filled up pretty quick. Um, 
so yeah, we're excited to get that get that going as well. And and, and all the coaches will have that. Um, so I, I think maybe the T-Bone one might be a, a fun one for that because there's so many different coaches. So I'm sure they'll have uh, plenty of slots available for private mm, coaching. Nice. After Good point. So not only can you go down and get the pro experience, you get a little one-on-one coaching too. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. All right. Two questions from the chat for you, Nick. Uh, first one, will any of your merch be available for purchase at the clinics or the track? Uh, I mean, not this week at the pro experience. Um, I just put the order in today, so hopefully, I'm hoping that I can get them shipped to maybe like Garrett Rapp in uh, Rockford, and then have them there for the race. And then after that, I hope to keep them in stock. I really like this design. I've been working on it for a little while, just to get it. I couldn't get it vectorized correctly, just because I'm not very smart. Um, but I'm pretty excited about this shirt. So I'll have them at all clinics, hopefully after through you know from Rockford on, and. Mm-hmm. Um, I won't be shipping them personally. It's just kind of a pain in the ass when I'm living oh, out of my motorhome. I can't yeah. really stop at post Unders- office. Understandable. Um, but since it is, you know, a pretty decent uh, tangent logo shirt, uh, I'm thinking Rich might be able to print some and ship some from their website as well at, at Tangent Products. Awesome. Nice. Okay. okay, so stay yeah. tuned. Um, and then uh, where's my other question? Jeremy Jacobson was wondering, he says, my kid loves to ride but hates to train. How do you get them to train without burning them out? That's the last thing I want to do is burn them out. Um, Any advice? <laughs> That's tough. You know, I mean, I mean, the, the easiest answer is to say keep it fun. Um, and for me, I really, you know, I've said it a plenty of times on here but like not being a competitive person what made what made me want to stick with it so much was the just what bmx is really it's uh bmx to me has been so so family oriented um i don't know i don't know how my life would have turned out had i not been like i I mean obviously wasn't from a rough neighborhood or anything like that but i only have friends in bmx i don't have i there's almost nobody from home that i would call up and have a conversation with um i don't i, I didn't stay close to anybody in school because it was it was us going to nationals almost every weekend and and that's what i enjoyed so those are the people i got close to um i would rec i mean hopefully that his hopefully his son has made connections like that and and could bud off that um but also something that made that kind of turned me into being competitive was timing. So I, my dad got us timers at a fairly young age and I got really motivated and uh, from timing myself, you know, whatever mm. the, we, we had a gate in our backyard and that's what we used them for mostly. Um, but we were able to take them for sprints. I really, really like as not competitive as I am, as I say I am towards people or results or, or whatever, you know, trying to get medals or blog trophies. I really loved, um, competing against myself and pushing myself like that. Um, it was just taking those little victories, I guess. So maybe introduce something like that where, he, you know, he's able to win mentally by himself and not, you know, get through trophies and shit like that. Are you, uh, do you have any thoughts on, uh, like, is your advice usually centered around training always on the bike or do you kind of encourage other activities, running, you know, sprinting, you know, gym work at all? As far um, as like kind of switching it up for the kids, like sometimes too much time on the bike, like go play basketball with your buddies or, you know, 
I don't know, just something different. Um, if it's not, it's want, not. I was just if curious. You wanna be, if you want to be good at riding bikes, you, you got to ride, ride the bikes. bike. Okay, I, I've heard others say that too, but but, but there are ways to you know better your body, your muscle through different sports like gymnastics for a lot of you know girls. It tends to happen too, but um, even boys. I mean, like just building that those that core strength you get from those type of sports. Mm-hmm. Um, track and field it is you know a sprint sport as well and really a dynamic um, type of movement where you got to push and pull at the same time. So that would, but I would, I, if somebody was going to ask me first, I would look at who was asking the question. Cause sure. I mean, even if you watch me in clinics or, you know, if you watch me, I mean, you guys won't be at the camp, but um, I talk to people differently based on their riding ability. Like I, I can't tell a six year old kid what I would tell a 17 year old expert, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of take that into consideration about what I, how I answer the, their questions. I like that. But, Custom, I, at, but at the end of the day, I would recommend riding bikes over anything else. If 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 you want to go to the Olympics someday for riding BMX, uh, you better be riding your bike five days a week at least. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Well, let me ask you this question, Nick. You raised a lot of great people in your life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who, who would you say is one of your favorite person? or people to race against. Give me your top two people that you enjoy riding against. Um, like in the sense of who I didn't mind whooping my ass. They <laughs> <laughs> either, either they whipped your ass or you whipped theirs. I mean, but you know, when you lined up in the gate with these two people, you know, it was going to be a good race. Um, shit. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, th- I, I'm throwing I really, hard ones at you. <laughs> I mean, Sam. Sam was a uh, a fan favorite of mine. I always enjoyed racing him. I had. I mean, you could ask him somehow, at some point, how many times we'd be racing, and me not being as competitive and knowing how absolutely competitive he was, if we'd go to the turn side by side, and I would audibly be like, "Go, go, go! Just take it," because I'm not going to battle him for it. Nor did I want want to know that he was in second place behind me in the second turn. So um, I really enjoyed and respected his approach at racing um, probably as my favorite. Um, And then um, David Herman, if you guys remember his Mm -hmm, name, he's one of my best friends. He was actually my best man at my wedding. Um, I always, I I liked racing him obviously just because he was my good friend and I never cared who beat who. Um, it was fun racing because he was always so damn fast down the first straight, and then it was fun trying to catch him around the track. Um, yeah, those would probably be my top two. Okay, nice. not bad. Uh, is this the the shirt we're gonna have right above you? Yeah, so that's the that's the new design I just sent in. Um, there might be a few different shirt color options as well, but that was the that that's my favorite one so far. I like it. Uh, yeah, me too. Dig yeah. it. Dig that. Very nice. Uh, you know, this this is a perfect transition time um, to hit our rapid fire segment. So um, we, we had a special uh, input from our friends at uh, Branded Pop-Ups. All right. So Brian Fell helped build this list. And I hope you're ready. So uh, BrandedPopups.com's uh, mission is to provide a fan 
brand supporter with the opportunity to purchase a branded pop-up style canopy of their favorite company. So what that means is, look, if you want to buy one of the Carbone Cartel, uh, ATB, I think Shadow's on there. Uh, there's there's tons on the website. You can buy one of those tents and take them to the races. Uh, so pretty cool opportunity, like profiles on there. It's it's pretty neat. Mm-hmm. Um, so Brian helped us out with this list. So typically we we in this segment, Nick, we we say, all right, you know, favorite bike of all time, favorite track of all time. Uh, but we want to we want to mix it up a little bit. So we're going to go with name association. We're going to throw a name out, and you tell us the first thing. Don't think about it. You gotta have. You gotta just fire it away. All right. This could be risky. We're li- are we live? Or- we are yeah. live, brother. Right. And this is a, yeah. This- I, I got to do the first one because it's one of my favorite riders. All right. So, um, all right, all right. Let's do this. Go. Right. Murs Stromberg. Uh, the goat. I think I think he's probably accomplished more than or uh, accomplished wise the best racer. Best racer. Mm-hmm. I think winning two Olympic gold medals back to back was unbelievable. Yeah, amazing. That, that being in London watching that was uh, it was. I was absolutely blown away watching that. I was in the stands. All right. Donovan Long. Oh, big Don. That's the coach. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I would say uh, greatest team manager ever. All right. right. Gary Ellis. I wish I, I, I think he quit the year I started, but I mean, it's hard to say anything besides the lumberjack, you know. That's yeah. enough said. That's Melissa, you want to take the next one? Uh, Sam Willoughby. My favorite racer. <laughs> nice. Uh, David Herman. My best bud. All right. <laughs> Jeff Upshaw. Oh, man. Jeff, man? <laughs> uh, uh, oh, man. Quick up. Shit. That, I mean, that's Jeff, man. We had some, he, he lived, we lived together at my house in 2016 for about almost actually, I think more than a year. Uh, he was probably one of my favorite roommates. Nice. Okay. All right. Uh, well, there were so many times I wake up in the middle of the night and his ass would be cooking spaghetti. <laughs> 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 like, like one, two in the morning, <laughs> full the spaghetti. Of itself. <laughs> oh, man. That's okay. hilarious. Nice. Uh, you want the next one, Melissa? Uh, Barry Nobles. Uh, the Slammer. Hero. Um, <laughs> Ambulance driver. <laughs> um, I'll probably just say he's probably one of the toughest guys on the circuit. Mm-hmm. Nice. Uh, Jamie Staff. Um, I don't know what title I would give him. The um, what's the first thing that respect- popped in your head when you heard his name? Respected. There you go. Mm-hmm. Nice. All right. Mike King. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he, yeah. See, he's trying to. Yeah. <laughs> he's screening no, himself. No, to, uh, <laughs> just let it go, Cookie man. Mike, we always called him Cookie Mike, and when he was the head coach at the training center, he would eat fucking cookies all day. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Um, Go ahead, Melissa. Uh, Mike Redman. Yeah. Oh, bone. Um, roast a bone. That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, Brooke Crane. Um, 
I don't know. Probably one of my favorite people. All right. Okay. This this next person, I don't know if you heard of him or not. I mean, he floats around Florida somewhere named Brian Felt. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, broken hip is a good one from the training center. As well as, <laughs> uh, fucking the naked pit man is a good story for him, too. Oh, oh what, wait, wait, what's <laughs> All right, no, 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 man, no. we'll tune we're, in we're, afterwards. Yeah, that's for that afterward, one. yeah. Um, and uh, oh, I'm going to slaughter this last name. It's going to sound like Chris doing Pecorino. Bert. Lindsay Pecorino. Oh, yeah, that's my wife. Yeah. <laughs> We so, like our little cheese. All right. <laughs> little, Is she still hanging out next to you? or? No, she's back inside. Oh, okay. Uh, and then the last question is uh, your favorite Wednesday night, normally on Wednesday night, <laughs> when we have internet and sound working, uh, live BMX shows. It's got to be all things BMX. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. All right. That was a good time. I like that. Uh, that was yeah, fun. That was all different. Right. I like that. Thanks, Brian. I uh, appreciate that. Um, do you got anything in the chat you want to check in with before we move oh, we on? To be all, caught up. all right, a lot of people just hanging out this yeah. evening. Uh, the story we, time. Yeah. <laughs> who uh, who are you riding for right now? Who are the sponsors? Um, I ride, represent um, Progate, Rift Tangent, um, Rhino Power, Sixty Helmets. Um. Shoot, pro experience, obviously. Um, Blot out makes my jerseys for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I buy vans. <laughs> <laughs> um, I I, that's a lie. I get I get stuff from vans as well, but I, I, I I'm not sponsored. But then I don't mind paying full price for their shit because that's what I like to represent. Uh-huh. Um, shoot, Odyssey, Shadow, um, a lot of great companies. They're very very. Blessed our Pro Max. How can I forget them? They've been a big sponsor of mine for the last, I don't know, seven, eight years. Nice. All right. I heard that you've been right, racing flat pedals pretty much this year. Yeah. Yeah. I left my clip shoes in Tulsa last year, Grant. Nice. Oh, fair so enough. You, you just having fun this year with flat pedals, huh? Yeah. I just, like, I mean, uh, it all comes back to just not being, you know, that competitive. I just, I, I have so much passion for the sport, and if, if that sounds cliche, whatever it is, um, I just enjoy being out there. And, and for the last 25 years, it's kind of been the only thing I know how to do, and, and not the only thing I know how to do, but the only thing that brings constant, like, okay, happiness around. And uh, I just, yeah, I just wanted to be out there. I couldn't reclassify all the way back to class, even though that's about as fast as I am these days, especially racing the vet pro class getting harder and harder, and me being on flaps, I've getting my ass whooped but uh like i said it it was never about results for me i just like being out there and then you know if the race is the next step to the you know the clinic i'm going to next that's Uh, kind of what it's about yeah it was like somewhere on the internet i just heard he's like he left his clips at home and just doing a pair of van slip-ons and just said fuck it let's have some fun yeah that's it (laughs) nice what's uh what's the goals for the rest of uh 2022 just getting back to schedule um okay Really, you know, like getting back on schedule next week with the the pro experience camp, and then, uh, you know, get back to traveling. I, I, my wife was brave enough to take off, you know, however long from work. Basically, retired. Uh, she was a hairstylist last fifteen years, uh, but she she committed to this adventure, and um, you know, it's it's 
it's about the travel. It's about the adventure. It's about exploring with my wife and my cats, you know, and, and then at the end of the day, it's about sharing the, sharing the great word of BMX and, you know, hopefully, hopefully stoking some kids out and they get to, you know, get to see a little, a little bit of what I've got to do or what I've gotten to do in the sport. Very nice. Uh, we're going to we're gonna ch- uh, hit a couple commercials and transition into our Newsmaker Showcase segment, Trivia and the Birthdays. You are more than welcome to hang out with us. I understand if you got to leave, perfectly fine. Um, again, I want to say thank you again for bearing with us from last week to yesterday to finally accomplishing the interview. Thank you again. We really, really appreciate it. Yes, big time. Yeah, no problem. Thank you guys for having me on, and I thought it was a great, great episode. Yeah. I like yeah. the question. Um, so what's the next gig? We're going to, we go, uh, we're going to do a couple commercials real quick and then, uh, we, we run through some local news. Well, not local news, but yeah, news around that they send in to us and we, you know, kind of talk about it a little bit. Then we do the trivia segment and we have a, uh, gift pack we mail out to the winner. Uh, then we slaughter birthday names and, uh, then that's a wrap. <laughs> so we probably got about another, eh, maybe 20, 30 minutes left. If you want to hang out with us, you're more than welcome to. Yeah. I'll hang out. Can I get some wine? Yeah. <laughs> right on. You, did you say uh, you're going to get some wine? Yeah. 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 Send yeah. that over here. Melissa needs some too. Yeah. I got to. I got to sleep somehow. Oh, that boy. <laughs> All right. We're going to hit some commercials. We'll be right back with Nick. He's going to get some wine. Yeah. Melissa's going to get some wine, and David and I are going to do some Crown Royal shots. We'll be right back. What is our time when no one's watching? Maybe it's an opportunity to grow in what we do. Maybe it's perseverance when our surroundings tell us to stop. Maybe it's something we can never get back once we spend it. Maybe it's something we don't understand the importance of. Maybe it's a combination of all these things and a new opportunity to recreate the best possible version of ourselves.
All right, we are back. We've got the captain hanging out with us. We're going to go and head on over to our Newsmaker segment, which is brought to you by BMX Racing Forum. It's the Reddit of the BMX community. Get over there if you've got some information you're sharing, you want to share, you've got an event coming up, an open series, or you've got to catch up on some of the shows. Ours are posted there along with the Beer Budget Show. Head on over there, set yourself up a free account, and uh, check out what's going on over there. And uh, this is our first little bit of Newsmaker. Damon, you want to let them know what's going on over at Capital City? Uh, yes. Uh, Elite's women's champion, Elita Beeman, is doing a clinic, uh, clinic series. June 1st, the 15th, and 29th of, of June. It's, what is it, $30, no, $20 per session or $50 for all three sessions, limited 25 riders per day. Uh, check it out. She's, what track? Uh, Capital City, BMX, and Lansing. Oh, okay, nice. Yeah. That's her hometown yeah. that she's from. Yep. Oh, okay, sorry. Yes. Yeah, that's all right. No, no, that's, that's, why you're, that's why we're here. That's why you're yeah. on, man. All right. Wait, I mean, now you're on. Sorry about yeah. that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know. You're more than welcome to stop by the track when you come up to Michigan. Huh? <laughs> I, do I not have a clinic there? Ah, I think you do. You're at <laughs> or Can Am. I think he's at Can Am. Can Am Richfield Waterford. Waterford and Richfield. Yeah. We'll change. You know what? I'm going to get you in contact with the TO. We're gonna we'll get we'll get something set up. What days is he going to be in town? I don't know if I need any extra days added in here. Here we got <laughs> an idea. No? We got an idea. You're gonna sit. We're just gonna. Damon and I'll teach it under the name of Nick Long. Yes. Uh, no one's oh, so gonna I notice. A, I got a umbrella series of clinics, so these guys just work under me. Yes. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. They know exactly what to say. Yeah. <laughs> Where's Nick Long? You guys look really fluffy. <laughs> Knock it off, kids. He said he'd be here soon. Yeah. He'll, he'll be. I thought you had more tattoos. Dude. Yeah. Exactly. What we'll do, we'll set up a TV monitor. Is how you pop in on the screen real quick exactly. and be like, "All right, <laughs> <laughs> Melissa, you want to let them know about the Heartland? Absolutely, the Heart- other Heartland. Yeah, Heartland, as in heart. Um, BMX is holding their 11th annual OG race. This is going to be in Topeka, Kansas. Topeka. Uh, Saturday, June 11th. They're having a bike show ahead of time from three to four. Tons of bikes. Tons of categories. Uh, judging around four o'clock, and then they're going to host a men's and women's OG double point and race for life. So the sign up for that is five to six thirty. The OG race is fifteen. The race for life is twenty, I guess. Um, so go check them out. They got uh, pretty sure this is up on their Facebook page. Um, links in the chat. But yeah, yeah, this is this is a big event for them, and they have some cool bikes that come out of. Hiding, and then this OG race is just hilarious. So some some specific criteria for yep. for what you got to ride when you're in that race. Flat pedals and a quill stem, so it gets pretty interesting out there. Nick, it's a good time. They OG gooseneck. Yes, yeah. yeah. Um, it's they sent us the video last year after they got done, and they have some killer prizes for those that make it into the mains. Um, they have all sorts of categories also for the. Um, for the bike contest itself or the bike show. And then uh, it's a, it's a really good time. It looks, it's always, it, they do a great job making sure they get their media posted afterwards. So you can see everything. And uh, <clears throat> the, the race is just, it was a lot. La- yeah. Last year's got a little rain. It got some rain. So a lot of foot down action, people taking each other out, just raw horsepower, Gary Ellis style seat post <laughs> up to the sky, you know, good times. And if uh, your track team club organization or if you're a pro and you've got something going on, you want to feature something in our Newsmaker segment, send it over to info at allthingsbmx.com. 
And our other piece of news that we've got going on, and this was hot off the press, this came through, is the... It's, man, this one's a cool idea coming out of Connecticut. Uh, Chris down there is doing a fundraiser for the new uh, pro gate that he got. That Nick is. So, go ahead. Is this Trumbull? Yeah, yeah, this is Trumbull. So, oh, nice. Love Chris. Yeah. So he's got a killer idea here and a way to be part of Trumbull forever is they're selling um, images of engraved bricks on the front of their pro gate, which is super cool. And let me move Nick around so people can see this. Um, so you can have your name right on the front of the gate as a uh, as a brick, and it's fifty bucks. And if you are a company or you just want your name in really really big print uh, for five hundred bucks, you can be in one of the larger spots. But uh, fifty bucks gets your name on the front of the gate, and it's there for forever. And um, they're moving names over from the old gate, is what he told me. And uh, I'll put the link in. I think it's a great idea. And then um, yeah. other tracks should borrow this idea uh you chris said you don't even need written express uh, co- uh expressive content there from consent damn it i messed that up <laughs> i might sponsor a brick and just have my little captain logo on there yeah there you go that's a great idea i all right no problem uh i saw this i was like man what a great idea like it's yeah, man how cool and you're there special delivery <laughs> oh, oh, that's not a glass. That's a pint. That's a, that's a, <laughs> hey, why did she run away? We gotta, you know, she doesn't want to be. Yeah. Is that in a mason jar? <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah. Little cheese has other meetings. Okay, <laughs> very nice, very nice. That doesn't look like Boone's Farm. You're drinking. I mean, I mean, we slapped the bag and then we put it in a mason jar. Oh, yes, there you go. Man. That's what it's talking about. All right, about. we're adding <laughs> slapping the bag yeah. to the forty and over. Yeah. By yeah. the way. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Oh my gosh. You better you better get your training on for slap the bag. All right. We're doing slap the bag half laps. Oh with nice. a relay in it. Yes. Oh man. It's it's gonna oh, get man. wild. I, I feel like there's gonna be a lot of vomiting. Yeah, that's oh, not for... a summer sport, I don't think. We'd have to do that during like a little maybe fall, a little cooler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you don't want these guys to pass out from <laughs> right. heat exhaustion. <laughs> sweating, just alcohol sweating out of the body. I don't want to drink wine when it's degrees out anywhere no no they Good make point. hard seltzers for that nowadays yeah. <laughs> maybe a mojito <laughs> there we go all right we're gonna go to our next little segment here this is our trivia segment it's brought to you by bombshell racing systems we appreciate bombshell dave and company helping us out on our trivia segment great guy dave's a great guy that man set the record for the longest after show talk. It went, oh my god. It went till four in the morning our time and he got on he was on the West Coast, so I think he did about a ten hour session just chatting with everybody after the show was done. Oh my goodness. I mean it got to the point we just finally said, Hey, we gotta get off. <laughs> yeah, All right. I gotta go to work, man. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> All right, guys. Got a nice getting fatter by the minute uh sticker pack going out there got a uh mom's talk bmx beverage koozie and i got a uh die job apparel t-shirt with my favorite i'm okay guy on it and then your t-bone backpack with all the t-bone features on there and of course, my script just moved. All right, so the question, trivia question of the evening. No answers, Nick. 
Uh, but in honor of your ongoing ortho recovery, um, my question is, what has a spine but no bones? Mm. It has a spine but no bones. No Googling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I am going to. Ooh, ooh, I know this one. Is it because it's <laughs> on the screen in front of you? <laughs> I haven't even looked at the screen. Oh, <laughs> it's on one of the big screens there. Um, all right, you, uh, you want to do the reader? Want me to do it? Oh, the mighty Mosman. I didn't know you were doing that. I'm oh, sorry. Here we go. <laughs> I'm ready. Are you ready? Yep. Are you ready? Yep. Okay. Join us on the T-Bone sponsored Mighty Mo's BMX cruise aboard Royal Caribbean's Mariner of the Seas. It's a five night cruise September 19th through the 24th, 2022 out of Port Canaveral, Florida. There will be spectacular dining, tons of fun, exciting entertainment, shopping, and so much more. There are several port stops along the way, including stops at Royal Caribbean's very own private island. Gate 9 Number Plates is sponsoring the Stomp and Stew event, which will include a presentation by Stu. We'll also be honoring Howard Cato with the Humanitarian Award, and BMXer Eddie King will be the MC for this event. The ATV show is sponsoring a dodgeball tournament, so be sure to sign up and make sure you choose your team wisely. Uh, contact Anita yeah, Tillman right. for all the details and make those reservations. Riders ready, watch the waves. I actually think final payment is due on the first of June. So yep. this is uh this is the crunch time, people. Hey up, sucker. Get uh get in touch with Anita and yeah, pay your bills. Yep. That's right, Nick. You heard it right, dodgeball. You can dodge a wrench. <laughs> <That's badass. laughs> yeah. It's I would love to see Howard Cato smush somebody with a ball. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna we're we get, we're we gonna film it for sure. I, I doubt that the we did get the upgraded internet package, but I, I doubt that's going to be able to be streamed because the bandwidth on the satellite <laughs> stuff. But it probably might not hurt to not be live in case uh, we end this up with a uh, you know a naked uh, mechanic running around or something like that. We don't. Yeah, we don't know, man. It's, you have to edit that out, uh, Damien. You want to let them know who's coming on the show next week? Uh, next week we got Bill Ryan from Supercross. That's Wednesday, June first. So make sure you come tune in for that. Ish. Yeah, June first. Yeah. <laughs> June first. Ish. Ish. No, we don't know. We're gonna. We're just gonna abide by the uh, beer budget schedule from now on. Yeah. All right. Our next thing we're gonna to say thanks to Answer for sponsoring our BMX Showcase. And our first little bit in the BMX Showcase is we're gonna talk about the 45th anniversary Union Vintage Bike Show Swap Meet and State Qualifier. Good luck, Damon. That's a lot of shit to read. <laughs> And I condense that down, by the way. Oh, man. I didn't even see all this. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. Like you said, it's the 45th uh, Reunion Vintage Bike Show Swap Meet. State Qualifier Race. Call Steve Lig Ligo? Ligos. Ligos. Okay. Saturday, June 11th at 11 a.m. See old friends. Make new ones. Check out cool BMX bikes from the past and watch the race. Vintage Show is uh, $5 per bike for entry. $3 per retro gear display. Yeah, so you could take like a sweet Jaffa Echo open face. Hey. Something. Yeah, I got a yeah. couple of those laying around right. somewhere. Yeah. Uh, entries give you a ballot to vote for the awards. People's Choice Award is $1 per ballot. Um, let's see. You got also got award divisions, 20-inch race. Tons of them, man. Yeah, 20-inch race, freestyle cruiser, mini, weirdo, retro gear, best display. Also, check out the, the Best Show Awards. Okay, swap meet, $10 for a 10 by 10 space. 
for vendors. Uh, can you carry around your parts for sale and trade? Uh, yeah, you can. <laughs> okay. Get a wagon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> good thinking. Yep. Oh, you lost the screen. Okay. You're good. Sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, you heard the gist of it. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> the link's in there. Check it out. All the proceeds go to the track. Mm-hmm. And the award that you win for best in class is the sweet leg lamp from a Christmas tree. <laughs> that is not a joke. That is the award. It's right here. That guy right there next to Nick. I got a red rider under my coat hook right here. Really? Out. You better be careful. <laughs> nice. Camo one. Fort uh, Mossy Oak Red Rider. Laura, mm-hmm. Melissa's daughter, has a pink one. She won it at the uh, Backroads Brawl BMX Jam we were at last year, and uh, that's what she won. I don't think she nice. shot it yet. Yep, but... she hasn't shot it yet, so <laughs> we got to get on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Melissa, you want to let them know about the Ladies BMX Absolutely. Night. This is going to be the second annual Ladies Night Cruising for a Cause charity event. Uh, this is happening at The Hill BMX in Elgin, Illinois on June 11th at 4 p.m. Go check out their Facebook page for all the details. It's open to females of all skill levels and all ages. And there's going to be goodie bags and raffles and all sorts of fun things throughout the event. And, of course, it's raising money for a good cause, if you ask me. So um, go check it out. Appreciate it. And uh, thank thank you guys for uh, supporting the cause. Before you change page, oh, oh, and I don't want to get political, but tell me that the logo doesn't look like Trump's little front weave thing. I can't unsee that now. No. Thanks, Nick. Right. <laughs> it's like Trump's toupee up there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's his, uh, <laughs> his spoiler. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Uh, Waukegan. They got some big things going on. The biggest raffle oh in the Midwest gosh. has ever seen. And we pulled this up the other night. Oh, my God. I think you, you got a jersey on there. Yeah, I was going to say, you got a jersey on there. Um, yeah. And they have tons of stuff going on there. Make sure you guys head over. I'm going to put the link in the chat. Uh, Nick's got a, Nick's got stuff on there, man. There's go, a ton of jerseys. Go bid on this. Yeah, yeah. Here, I can go. Buy your tickets. Here we go. We can take a go look at it. it. There out. it is. Cam Bramer's got hey. stuff. Su- Suarez, Nick Long jersey. All this is autograph stuff. Autograph Lauren Reynolds, Connor Fields number plate autographed. Wow. What else is going on there? House Riley House has a jersey in there autographed. Ooh. Carly Kane's got stuff. Barry even put things in there. Felicia Stancil jersey. Come on, guys, go help these guys out. This is huge. And Get it's, on. It's autographed, which like getting getting autographed jerseys or number plates is one of the hardest things to get. Uh, yeah, all in, of in that our, stuff is autographed. Yeah, That's amazing, right? Uh, so I'm going to put the link in the chat. You guys can go bid on this. You get your ticket or not bidding. Sorry, it's a ticket and they're going to be drawing them at the race. Uh, so this is going on. This is the raffle of a lifetime. God, we need some intro music for that. Yeah, it's one. only through next weekend. Yes. So and they'll be uh, they'll be pulling the raffle tickets uh, on the fourth at the race. So you still got time. Get in there. Try to get that Nick Long autographed jersey. That's who we're recommending. Got one gig into, I think this year. Right. I believe last time we, you and I talked, I think you did say you were up there. Yeah, nope. pretty sure. 
I always I only look like a week in advance now, or else I overwhelm myself. <laughs> <laughs> With that schedule, I don't doubt it. Not at all. And if you're a company, a uh, track, or an organization, you want to get your information in showcase segment, send it on over to info at all things BMX. Melissa. I do. You do? I do have so many. Oh, But I have one man. very, very special one. All right. I'm kind of excited about this. Um, so the question was, what has a spine but no bones? And the answer is a book. A book. A book. Yes. So Mr. Christopher White... Chris White, as we know him around here, uh, was the first one in my chat to, to answer that correctly. And he also coincidentally happens to be the volunteer of the month at Waterford Oaks. Congratulations. So special shout out to you, Chris. I know you've been super helpful with their Beginners League, and they are very grateful, as are we, for your contributions to the BMX world and getting the kids going. So, um, you're a local, so next time uh, our paths cross, I'll have your <laughs> your prize pack with us. So um, nice, right. yeah. And a couple other shout outs: Emily uh, had it right, Shannon Love had it right, Kim Fuger had it right. So you should have had a uh, you should have had your guest on there instead of you announcing it. You should have made me just uh, give my best. I I, I knew I it was yeah. but could make that part of the game if somebody if you have somebody on. I ah. like that idea. That's a good suggestion. Just completely a fool of yourself, whatever. You're, <laughs> but it would be pretty funny. I like that idea, right. Nick. Thank you. There for we that. go. Nick's now got his pot spot implemented in the show. He's saying whatever guest is <laughs> on. Yeah, let them take a guess. Yeah, yeah. I like I it. I like that idea. idea. Thank you, Nick. You've just left so we can make fun of their answers. If they <laughs> <Right. as well. laughs> You've left That's your mark. Really we about. appreciate you. Yes, awesome. Uh, and now uh, it's time for birthdays, and we got a week to catch up on. So. Uh, oh boy, here we go. And go back and forth. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll you take the first screen. Let's take second screen, and uh, I'll I'll take the last one. All right. Okay, Chris Beers. I hope I do you justice on this one. Man. All right. Here we go. Birthdays for the week or well, past couple weeks. Yep. All right. Starting off, Josh Harris, Rupert Bear, Robbie Chapman, Greg Stanley, Jane Cardoza. Uh, that's my buddy Jane. She loves watching BBC. Yep. Um, <laughs> Carl Roney. All right. Sam Gilmore, Michelle Martin, Mr. Michael Mag himself, and Todd Wilson. Who's, Happy birthday. Yeah. Who's doing the podcast down in Florida? Yes. Next screen. There we go. All right. We're going to do another happy birthday shout out to Steve Everett, uh, Scott Yoculet. Good. Uh, Jason Kim, Steph Burnham, Jessica Fullup, Fullup, I believe it is, uh, Emiliano Garcia, Ryan King, Mark Davis, Gabrielle Huth, and Diego Dantes. Happy birthday. And Kevin Cacavelli, Tank, Jeffrey DeVito, Tracer Finn, Art Skinner, Matthew Randall, Patrick Osmuth. Osmus? Osmus? Shit, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, Osmus? Bubba Hayes, Wayne Hardman, my old neighbor Jerry Schmidt, and Eric Gabriel. You guys are celebrating the birthday last week, this week, and today. Very happy birthday. We appreciate each and every one of you and everybody tuning in tonight. Thank you. Absolutely. You got anything, Damon? Nah. All right. I'm good. Nick, you got anything to send us out on? Shout out. Looking forward Thank to uh, getting back on tour and on schedule, and uh, hope to see you guys all. Uh, well, here in the next month. 
I'll yeah. be up in your area. So hopefully, guys, we get to catch up. Perfect. Sounds good, man. Yeah, I think we should do pizza when you come up here. <laughs> Dad, what, give me something that's your guys' special. All right, oh. chili dogs. Pasties. <laughs> oh, yeah. you got Michigan's known for their chili dogs. Give me some. What do you got? No, we're known for our pasties. Ooh, but what's that? It's like a meat pie. Oh, I love pies. Yeah. Okay. Picture like a Hot Pocket, only a thousand times better. Jeez, that's that's the way to go. Let's do that. <laughs> right. Sounds good. Also, Fago Pop. We got to get some Verners and Fagos. Yeah. yeah. You got to give me the whole tour. All right. Yeah, sounds good. What, uh, potato oh, okay. Chips. Oh, we got we got Uncle Ray's potato Uncle chips, Ray's potato chips. Yeah. or Frito Lay's, dude. You're gonna have like I mean, a whole Frito. buffet of just Michigan based stuff. Just shit food. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just, okay. like, I've, all I've done is lost weight so far, so let's get back to it. All right, all right. Well, we'll be, fix that. For hang you. with me for two days, see what happens. <laughs> Wait, doesn't Kid Rock have a new beer coming out? <laughs> He's got one all the time. Yeah. What's it called? Ball with the ball. <laughs> I don't no, know. No, skip that, man. You coming up here? I'm gonna get you some Ghetto Blaster beer. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> Ghetto Blaster beer, for sure. I got you. That's good stuff, right. though. It is. That's a real beer, by the way. Sounds horrible. It is not a malt liquor, either. It's actual craft beer. No kidding. Yep. Yes. All right. There you go. Okay. All right. One more time. I want to say thanks to everyone, and a special thanks to our guest for making a two-week appearance on the show. Thanks again, Nick, <laughs> yes. and everybody for tuning in this evening. You guys have a great night, and we'll see you Wednesday. I got photo. I got moto.